Hello and welcome back to Black on Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Preacher. This is season one, episode nine, the penultimate episode, Finish the Song, written by Craig Rosenberg, directed by Michael Slavis. This episode premiered July 24th of 2016, and I gave it a 7.9 out of 10. For a penultimate episode, it was rather underwhelming. Though we did have some pretty shocking things happen. Well, one shocking thing in particular. But all in all, it was a rather lackluster episode, for lack of a better word. Um, There was some reconciliation. It seems like Jesse seems to want to get his shit together in some capacity, or he knows he's made mistakes that he needs to atone for. But for the most part, you know, we kind of move things to the, the big showdown happening on Sunday. And we did finally get an answer to the mystery, which is what is going on with that cowboy. So after a long hiatus with his storyline, we return back to 1888 in the Wild West with the mysterious cowboy who's come back into town just as an Asian man starts his ballad everyone in the saloon is riveted the preacher somehow thinks it's a good idea to taunt the man when he comes in some more announcing that he's the butcher of gettysburg before asking him to accept the lord into his heart he replies i love my horse i love my wife i love my little girl jesus can kiss my entire ass now we saw that little boy see a looming shadow by the window and we find out what occurred at that classroom or schoolroom because the sack he's been carrying contains the heads of the town's children i come to make an announcement This was rather dark, so they did not, you know, linger on it. Otherwise, I'm sure a lot more people would be screaming bloody murder that he killed all of the little babies. He tells the homeboy that was singing to finish the song as a storm brews in, and he continues to kill everyone. It's his last deed on this earth as the town is destroyed and what looks like a huge tornado he doesn't care he just murdered like 70 people and a whole bunch of children and probably all the horses so he takes the drink and waits for death to welcome him and it's very warm embrace sheriff root asks jesse in the back of the cop car where eugene is and he tells him i told you i sent him to hell i miss him sheriff root relishing what is going to happen to the man who did something to his boy jesse escapes promising to see him sunday i'm supposed to be impressed that he only used a pen but i can only feel (laughs) really bad that he's just so flippant about the fact that this child is still in hell deblanc and fior walking in the rain stops at a travel agency and requests a travel to travel somewhere south aka hell so they weren't lying when they said there is a way to hell 
I can see why Jesse would not be accompanying them on that trip. Not only that, they're there for a different reason, which we will explore in this episode. So what I did like about this episode was the the progression of what's going on with the angels. I love that the clerk was like, let me go ahead and cover my bird and close the windows. <laughs> Before filling out the paperwork, she's like, occupation? What? Someone might ask. Architect. Serial killer. Excuse me, bitch? Now there's a few interesting comments that DeBlock makes, which is one you don't want to be in hell it's not a great place it seems like Fiora's never been there before DeBlanc also mentions that like I feel as if he knew something was going to happen was going to happen like a price was going to be paid but he is a lot more morose about the idea and he is less of a <laughs> like every time there's an answer he chooses something that's a little bit more diabolical than what Fior chooses and the fact that they said well they'll separate us I'm wondering a little bit about that a shuttle will pick them up she tries to get a little extra on the side with Fior 20 minutes in the back <laughs> it's like whatever it takes but the block said no 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 Tulip invites Emily over to tell her that she needs to take the shift and look after Cassidy and don't freak out but he's a vampire and he's not healing he may need blood that's alive she said alive blood so i've been feeding him these critters but he's not healing fast enough so here's some money to replenish but not don't go to pet smart they're on to me (laughs) she is leaving town and needs her to step in Emily definitely has the deer in the headlights look but she also is like well i wasn't doing anything else Emily updates her on Jesse's situation, but she stops her, saying that she is done with him. I don't care what he's doing. He could be her boyfriend now, eat popcorn, watch movies, he can touch your tits. Emily doesn't want to be the one that takes the leftovers and claims that Miles is her boyfriend now. He's the mayor. So it's like, who's that again? She's absently supportive before declaring she's going to Albuquerque to kill a man. Jesse is hanging out with the homeless. Emily feeds a gerbil to Cassidy, finding this side of life much more interesting than Miles telling her that he's staying the night, seeing as she keeps asking him to co-parent and pick up her children. Maybe if you would stop being so dependent on him, he wouldn't be... And I, I think maybe the they just to be devil's advocate for a second because i know i'm giving emily a a whole shit ton of time um hard time the word i think i'm looking for but and and i still give her a hard time that's still accurate but talking out of the other side of my mouth i guess what they're trying or could be indicating is that you know maybe she's been giving him sexual favors he's been chasing after her she's found herself alone with two children stuck in this town where no one seems to give you help where there's no help to even be given right everyone's working off of the power plant or after this meat and packing they depend on this she's working as a waitress that's not really that's basically charity and so here's this guy who's been chasing her he helps her out he's the mayor of the town you know she doesn't want to settle for this so she tried to put it off as much as she can and now 
it, it's being put on her she saw jesse as this escape and now it's not an escape because he doesn't want her like that he doesn't see her like that but at the same time being with these people makes her want to indulge in her more selfish needs and desires but i i, I hear what they're saying and going with her character but you also like this feels as if this is a, a kind of a trump supporter like i'm gonna blame the man but you you yourself have agency and i'm not sure and we'll get to that scene a little bit later because they have a really good moment of highlighting how she feels via a movie so we'll get more into that scene a little bit later de blanc and fior they're packing well fior is packing while de blanc pouts and wonders if maybe they should confess to everything and just throw themselves on the mercy of heaven instead of this alternative route fior states they'd be separated forever something neither angel wants but the alternative is rather morose that reminded me that good omens is getting a season two and i am beyond ecstatic they decide to do a coin toss i love how innocently happy they are about things like we haven't done that in ages which ultimately has them calling heaven and confessing instead but the phone is missing because someone stole it unbeknownst to jesse his own actions sealed his fate and his fate does not seem like any fate i want to have coming at me emily watching a movie is hearing the siren call of her own life trapped searching for a way out the character was born into their trap and thus doesn't mind it but is told they should cassidy is pleading out that he is hungry this stirs something deep and dark inside of her and she mixes up that deep and dark cocktail and calls miles who is um for some reason with the rest of the beaten power packing company watching people wrestle because that's what they do during the day emily decides she's gonna permanently end her miles fate by pretending to be in need and luring him to his death at the hands of cassidy for lunch she even listened evil give the hell out i think there was a certain coldness to this and maybe if i was inclined to hate miles even his his more bossed up tone a little bit later where he's like i'm gonna stay the night you know the kids can see my ugly face like we're a couple now i'm tired of playing this game while it was maybe a little much on that end as i stated earlier girl you keep calling him and asking for his help so this lackluster existence that's become you know maybe desperate for you because maybe you fell in love probably in high school somewhere you had these children something happened to the father we don't know because she never talks about it and you hate them instead of yourself for not being brave enough to even do anything about it which in my opinion seals her fate because there's nothing to say let me take what i got and try and go somewhere else why where i might get those benefits especially for a single mom there's just too much out in the world for you for you to really be sitting there like i'm absolutely i have no options it seems like those green acre folks were from some town 
I think that you had options. You just were in your box. And sometimes, unfortunately, that comes down to your own decisions. Sheriff Rude is brought to another crime scene to the hotel more than he's probably these are more crime scenes he's been used to seeing and he is once again duped by the agents so he's been duped by jesse something happened to his son he's been duped by these agents they find a lot of blood and destruction before he is shown the dismembered body of the seraphim who begs him to kill her in an act of kindness but also to release a lot of pent-up rage he proceeds and she reanimates another really well acted scene i think sheriff root is probably the top-notch actor of the season he really gives a very well-shaped performance considering he was nothing but a racist asshole in the comics i think that they really like some things they changed from the comics are so well done and some things i'm just like why (laughs) jesse's whole personality being one of them deblanc and fior catch their shuttle the guy's like no carry-ons fior was like what about my comics it's all right my dear oh emily ain't even a little bit sorry happily setting the ugliest pet i've ever seen free before telling jesse his friend is inside and leaving jesse comes in and apologizes to cassidy for being a jerk not believing him and judging him when he was trying to help so he returns his gesture of friendship by not being too appalled that he killed the mayor and helping him uh, bury the body cassidy forgives him as he did put him out even though he let him burn for a little while and accepted the thing that he was after the i mean cassidy was so vulnerable in this scene too you can see that it really meant a lot to be accepted particularly probably by someone as like jesse who's like a macho man he's he's something cassidy kind of looks up to and wishes he was more like you know i wish i can go through being a badass like that or you know having that swag and that feeling of certainty in their life that he sees in jesse that he feels is lacking in himself or he feels is worthy of admiration after the wrestling match in the middle of the room odin assures that jesse though absconded will be at church sunday cassidy is playing with the phone and wondering how he dials anything and just now jesse realizes he needs angel hands to work it you're so dumb you are really dumb for real luckily cassidy knows where he can get some angel hands he happened to kill a lot of angels and knows where the bodies are buried he calls jesse to look to apologize who is listening to said message as she is in albuquerque with carlos tied to a chair holding a meat cleaver welcome to the rice fields motherfucker yeah i'm guessing the apology was nice and everything but i was like boy bye this scene was so overly repetitive showing the cowboy in hell i get it this is what hell feels like repeating the worst day of your life how exhausting it possibly is and would be but man i really as an audience member got the point the second time around and didn't need to live through the experience the and fior offer the cowboy a job in exchange for his freedom 
DeBlanc catches a bullet to the face when he gets flippant because he says what job and he's like come with us and we'll tell you that's not the answer I wanted to hear Fiora tells him they need him to kill a preacher stupid preacher gets his angel hands from the bodies of Fiora and DeBlanc all completely oblivious to the hellfire that he is bringing into town that is how we end this episode i'm much more excited on what exactly is going to happen that they do have angels and they can call angel hands and they can call heaven but my oh my during the tornado miss scene you know i can't give him his name yet because the show hasn't once uh you do (laughs) i can call him but the cowboy coming after you is not something i mean we saw what he could do so that is quite a formidable opponent for jesse he got a saber and a whole bunch of guns he's badass he's like six foot eight inches tall (laughs) packing a whole bunch of muscle so we do have feedback from shy let's hear what she has to say regarding finish the song Christina, it's me, Shy. I am here to give my feedback for Preacher Episode 9 of Season 1. Um, this episode was definitely, <laughs> for me, bizarre. It's the best way I could put it. Um, I just spent the entire episode i think i said what the hell like 20 times like what the hell is going on what the hell is happening what the (laughs) so um i mean to go from the last episode we had to where supposedly the preacher was exposed jesse was exposed to this one where it was like it felt like it was all over the place it's like everybody was acting crazy bizarre out of character or maybe in character i don't know emily the sheriff oh my gosh um so i don't even know where to start with this one um i don't i mean we i guess i could start with the i don't even know the guy's name um from the old days um the gettysburg guy uh so he goes back and basically just mows down the whole bar kills everyone in sight he just goes berserk and yeah while the chinese guy is singing he's killing up everybody in this bar or brothel or whatever it is um so we get that and then we go back to the present day where we see jesse and the sheriffs in the police car and he escapes that and goes on the run 
but he's gonna be at church on Sunday I'm like what and he's got this plan of I guess conjuring God and getting everyone to uh, I mean it's just it's just crazy I don't even know how to wrap my mind around this whole episode and then we have um Fure and is it DeBlanc LeBlanc uh, we have them talking about going to hell, um, you know, debating whether to go to, well, first talking about going to hell, then debating whether to go heaven or hell, get the phone, the phone's missing because Jesse came and got the phone, so their link to heaven is gone, so they go to hell, and I'm sure they suspect that Jesse's the one that took the phone, because he's basically the only one that knew about it, aside from maybe Cassidy knew but not sure um then we see the leprechaun lady and she's in the tub you know they kept and they kept her alive but incapacitated um and then of course the sheriff finds her as he looks all over this room I was like I was wondering when all that was going to be revealed because they definitely, <laughs> they were staying in that room. Oh my God, I can't believe staying in that room, but whatever. Um, so he kills her? And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> okay, and of course, obviously, she clones herself. She reboots or whatever. I don't know what the right terminology for it. And now, obviously, she's going after Jesse. Um and everybody oh my goodness um this is just too much and then emily i cannot believe she did that to miles oh my god this woman is trifling i cannot believe she had she she basically murdered miles because she, why? I mean, because she didn't want to be trapped with him and his life with him. Just don't be with him. So you should lure him to his death. So that you don't have to face the fact that you don't want to be with this guy. I'll guess. I don't even know. I don't even know what to think, Christina. About, I mean, my mind is still reeling from it and... I don't know. Maybe you'll do the podcast today. It's Sunday. Or maybe you won't. I don't even know. But I'm trying to get my feedback in. And um, of course Cassidy is back. We got to see a little bit of him now. I mean from you know when he was healing. And I'm like oh my god. I, I mean I'm still in shock that Emily did that to Miles. I'm just like, holy cow, she, she did that to this man, oh, that was good to her and her kids, that treated her well, and, you know, just because she wasn't interested in him like that, doesn't, he didn't deserve that, I'm, I'm sorry, he did not deserve that, then we have the angels, go and then I was wondering like at the end of the episode when they kept replaying 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 so that's this guy's hell his hell is a replay 
the tragic death of his family and all that over and over and over. And so the angels go and get him, they recruit him to kill Jesse. So an entity, he's an entity of his own um, that they're able to go and get from hell. I'm, I'm like, huh? How is that even possible? I don't even understand that part. That I don't, I don't understand half this episode. I'm not gonna even gonna lie. So <laughs> it was just stuff happening that made absolute no sense to me. Um, of course, Cassidy um, quickly forgives Jesse, and you know he left him to die. You know that was they quickly mended fences on their behalf, on each other's behalf, and he's helping him cover up the murders that he killed well, the one murdered and the killing of the animals um tulip cracked me up when um she was explaining everything to emily and like yeah they becoming suspicious of me at the pet store <laughs> like i'm sure who's a, this is a small town who's buying up a bunch of animals and then like what happens to the animals you never see the animals again and she yeah so i would be suspicious too um Tulip goes after Carlos, and then we see her at the at his house in Albuquerque, having them tied up. So I'm guessing the result of they didn't show it on screen. She uh, got her revenge. I'm guessing. I don't know, um, but that's what she went there for. Um, still not a fan of Jesse, even though he was more a little bit more po- apologetic in this episode in regards to what he did to Cassidy he wasn't apologetic for Eugene he did say yeah he's in hell but how is that even remotely an explanation on what happened <sighs> and then of course we have Quinn Cannon and whatever he's up to which is I'm not even sure what that whole wrestling gets getting them ready for the fight ahead by having them fight each other uh that you know whatever um so much was going on in this episode it was like a little bit of everything coming together i mean uh this is the penultimate episode so i guess it's trying to tie up all the storylines that it's been introducing throughout the season and this episode they all got their little bit of time to let us know where we're at with it and so leading up to the finale which is I guess going to resolve some things and going to set up some other things for season two um but poor Eugene I was hoping they were going to hell to get Eugene I'm like I can't believe he's going to stay in hell like that's not fair I don't know. I'm just not happy with. So hopefully that gets resolved. Um, I'm very interested to know how this is all gonna go down next week because I just don't. I just don't know where we're going with this. <laughs> I really don't. I'm just going along for the ride. I don't have any predictions whatsoever because this whole episode was just just bizarre and all over the place and so much happening that I can't even wrap my brain around the whole thing to even give any 
to be able to articulate anything worth talking about or theorizing about. Well, I don't even write notes, so, um, but of course I just watched the episode not too long ago, so it's a little bit more fresher in my mind, but, um, yeah, this is, I'm very curious as to how everyone's going to be after the fact, the sheriff, I mean, you killed somebody, I mean, you think you, I mean, you don't know it's a angel or demon or whatever, a, a supernatural being, so you just think you killed this person. And then, of course, Emily, you had Miles killed. And then Tulip, she's in Albuquerque killing Carlos. And then you have Cassidy, who killed Miles and now burying the body. And then you have the angels down in hell recruiting this dude to go kill Jesse. So it's just like everyone is got blood is bloodthirsty right now or just it's just crazy or not not everyone's bloodthirsty but it's like everyone's moral compass has been compromised <laughs> beyond belief in this episode so all right that's all i got so i'll just listen out for your podcast and you'll make sense of this whole thing for me and i'll be ready for the finale so until next time, much love, peace, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, shy. Poor shy. She's like, there's a lot of shit going on, and I don't really understand why it's going on. <laughs> so there's some things I cannot answer for you, which we will be talking a lot more in the finale. Um, this is based on a comic. I think I mentioned that before. So some things I've kind of that's not spoilery yet. After season one, I'll be able to uh, talk a little bit more about some of the easter eggs and things that are going on that uh you might see for seeing going forward uh particularly with the cowboy story we do not know the cowboy's name he's a huge comic book character so for those that knew who this was you're just watching an origin story for those who do not know who he is you're watching an origin story with not as much excitement because you don't know that it's an origin story <laughs> so that pretty much wraps up that art uh they why are they visiting hell um this actually goes to uh them wanting to be a little more proactive about what's going on like they know they can't get it out of jesse they know there's no more options so genesis cannot be allowed on earth so instead of calling well they wanted to call heaven and confess and let them handle the situation um they know now that their only option is to try to handle the situation themselves because they don't have the phone so if they had had the phone this probably wouldn't have gone in this particular direction it was kind of like a last ditch effort for them to try to control or destroy jesse they themselves are not powerful enough to go after jesse we saw when they tried to you know go after him he gave them an order and they could not so what genesis has works on angels so if it works on supernatural creatures they in effect need something that could combat combat that thus their trip to hell again i'll explain a lot more in detail in the next episode um 
what else was it uh, <laughs> that you were mentioning? <laughs> um, the whole thing with Emily, I did go in the very, uh, I don't agree with her actions whatsoever. I think that she's just someone who's stuck in her life and you know instead of overcoming her situation she again she blamed this male for the situation she herself found it in like she would do anything to escape that trap including killing the person uh it did not make any rational sense it makes a lot of irrational sense uh her whole obsession with this um you know she hated cassidy and then she fed miles to him with not even being you know appalled at what he is to know that the world is bigger out there i think that that really gave her the uh the brave not bravery courage to do what she's probably been wanting to do for a while um you know she might be even like i said earlier using sex as a way to get miles to do what she wants her to do or to help where she wants her to help and that's the only way she can pay that even though she did offer money <laughs> at one point it seems like yeah she's in her own self-imposed prison and she shouldn't have done it to miles but like i said the all these actions they seal their fates all these stories are leading to a conclusion i can say that much and i know what you mean like a lot of them do seem to be moving in a quicker pace than other stories i agree like it did all come together and, and just in this penultimate and rather clunky for me but um the landing i'll be interested to hear if you feel it's stuck at all i have a different much more uh <laughs> round perspective of the whole thing and i would say for sheriff root i mean I, I could see where you could take his actions as being cruel but he really was showing her mercy in that moment and he knows better than anyone what kind of life she lives from here he doesn't know that she's an angel he sees this woman who's been dismembered he's had her arms her legs cut off um she can't talk or no she did she could talk because she said kill me uh and he's got a son that was living this uh life where he had this disfigurement and people look how they treated him so he really did feel he was doing a mercy and he knows in doing so that he couldn't do that same or wouldn't wanted to do that same mercy for his son but knows that it was a mercy if his son no longer exists in this world to treat his son the way they did and he was trying to protect him even as the sheriff of chief of police he couldn't protect him from this cruel cruel world so for them or for him that that was his just moment of of really yeah he's a very compelling character i think that was a strong moment for him as he's reflecting on the fact his son's gone um and for all intents and purposes he he's dead he said he sent him to hell and he really wants jesse to pay for what he did to his son but at the same time as i stated earlier i, I think he inwardly feels that it was a mercy to him in some capacity uh and they did illegally break the cowboy out of hell to do their bidding they basically just didn't want to go back or be caught with their ass out like well 
we lost this thing this huge entity genesis and now it's just on the loose in the world at least they can be like well yeah but this is what we did (laughs) to make sure that it's destroyed for good and then as far as the whole toxic male environment that's all that is i mean these men are clearly again they're making clear very clear uh (laughs) correlations between hardcore southerners um a confederate in nature like this type of toxicity between males it's just it exists it's a thing (laughs) so those scenes are just to make fun of that environment so i am curious to see how you feel about the finale if you want to send feedback on the finale, blackrockcouch at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, black or magic. <laughs>